If you would let me today, and I know you will, talk to you from something that's very passionate to my heart, and uh, that I can speak to you about having witnessed it in this house. And there's these people, and of course, many other places. It's not exclusive to here, but um, my title would be, I want to talk about our heart for God's house. Our heart for God's house. So we, we got a few scriptures that uh, I want to start with this morning, and and you know, I want to encourage you that that you have a heart for God's house. You're on track. You're on track. You know. And uh, again, speaking of the last year and a half, it's it's been challenging for houses everywhere. Been challenging for your own house. Been challenging, you know what I mean? For 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 houses, you know, uh, in the the secular world, and challenging also in the the concerning the the house of God. So, if you have them there, Andy, and just uh, we're going to look at a, a use as a model. <coughs> To begin with this morning, a man that the scripture reveals and you know so well, and that is King David. The Bible says that the Apostle Paul, you know, he pointed out how we need to follow Christ. But then he went ahead and said that we need to also find somebody. like us, that we can imitate. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So you, 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 you never lose your, eye, your, 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 your eye's view of Christ. You know what I mean? But he says you can learn a lot from an up close, in the flesh, living in the now, experiencing life not 2,000 years ago but 2,000 years later and so I think David in this subject matter represents a, 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 an ideal individual so much so that God said his heart is really reflecting my heart. David's life was not without mistakes, as, as we all know. It really wasn't. You know, he, he had moral failures. And he had ethical failures. But something that, that, that kept him true uh, in reflecting God was not only his love for God, but his love for God's house. Think about it. And so with that, 
I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How many said that this morning? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. How many of us would give up our throne just to do something in the house of the Lord? David was a king. Oh, and might I say, I think kings are busy. Right? Is it busy running a household? What about running a nation? It was busy. He said, you know, of all the desires that lay at my fingertips, all the things that I could pursue, he said, I, the, the number one thing is, that, is, you know, just something that's connected to the house of God. Because he knew that the house of God, you know, Represented more than sticks and stones and a set of services. And he says, I, this, this thing that's in my heart is, it, 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 it's not a, you know, uh, New Year's resolution. <laughs> he said, it's a, a life resolution. I might, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his, his temple. Then he says, for a, a day in your courts is better than a thousand that is somewhere else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness and enjoy that, that world out there. A doorkeeper. Probably what might be, uh, you know, considered the, the first rung of service. Everybody needs to learn how to be a doorkeeper. Know how to open the door. Huh? Yeah. Know how to how to be a welcomer. Know how to how to, as Jesus said at the Last Supper, you know, know how to wash people's feet. I'll be afraid to take the basin of water and the towel and you know and help people get rid of the dust, the journey of the day. 
the life that clings to us, you know, from the travels. Oh, it would be great if we could somehow, you know, find a way to take life one day at a time, wouldn't it? But this morning, some of us may be still carrying the dust of yesterday's journeys and travels that they need to be washed off your feet. Yes, we have people of feet of clay, right? But Jesus seems to indicate that you can go ahead and wash those feet of clay and, you know, they look more like feet than clay. Just a doorkeeper. Next one. Blessed is the man who, the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your holy temple. There is a commercial that I love. It's farmer's insurance. And the guy, there's a catastrophe that happens, you know what I mean? The ceiling falls in and the water's dripping out and he asks the question, you know, of the, the agent and the agent goes ahead and, you know, gives his assessment and he says no. Then he tells him what it is, what, what really it is. It's, it's really to promote farmer's insurance. But he said, he comes up with that. Uh, the reason is because I know a lot. And I know a lot because I've seen a lot. No, it's it's not a it's not a raise your nose in the air. You're so smart, it's you've seen a lot. Let me talk to you because I've seen a lot. First of all, let's talk about the heart. You know, we use the word heart in so many different ways. We use the heart to represent passion. We use the heart to, 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 to represent a, 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 a fortitude. We use the heart to speak of somebody or being genuine, the energy of something. 
something that you really put your heart into. In reality, the heart is the control center. It's a driving force behind you, revealing, you know what I mean, you. It affects your character, your decision, your words, your deeds. We say to about some people, they got a big heart. They got a big heart. And so David I think he sets a standard for us regarding passion for God in God's house. See, he didn't just love God. He loved God's house. In fact, did you know that, that he called the house of God a palace? He referred to it as a sacred palace place he didn't look at it of just sticks and stones put together he recognized its purpose he identified you know what I mean its role that it had in his personal life and his his love life. <laughs> I was glad when they said unto me. While David had a personal relationship with the Lord, he recognized, you know, how uh, important it was to have the corporate relationship with the Lord. The corporate relationship with the Lord. When he said, I got to go to the house of the Lord, you know, he, he wasn't, well, he was thinking about us or those that <laughs> wasn't just thinking about himself. David was so passionate about that God would have a, 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 a corporate place that would represent the presence of God that he went to great extents to get the ark of God's presence from sitting at Obed-Edom's house. I want it so that everybody can come do it. On a central location. So they can enjoy God. He did that because he had he valued God's presence so much. 
I think I mentioned this already, but think about how David considered being, God, being in God's house more important than sitting on the throne. Okay, David's extremism, isn't he? Well, God says, I kind of like that. It had a predominant place, in, a prominent place, rather, in, in, in David. David discovered this. David discovered that if you have a heart for God's house, God has a heart for your house. He is, has just talked to Nathan, and he begins to tell Nathan what's in his heart, and he says, I, I just want to build a house for God so people can come. And Nathan, you know what I mean? Man, that sounds really good. You just go ahead and do it, David. Before Nathan gets out of the courts, God says to him, as you go back and you tell him that he's not the one that's going to build it. Here, simply the one that's going to prepare for it. But he said this, because you have had a heart, I'm going to build your house. And David secured his legacy upon the fact that he had a heart for God's house. There shall always be someone that will set upon the throne of David that will be born from your loins. Which, of course, was Jesus Christ, right? The ultimate fulfillment. But, whoo! I'm going to just, just hear what I'm saying this morning, okay? David viewed the house of God as a special place place where not only he met with God, but God met and he met alongside of each other. He viewed the house of God as the place of fellowship, of friendship, a place where he experienced strength in all of his writings. You'll discover this. He discovered faith there, security there, provision there, and also how that the law of the Lord was taught in the house of God. Hmm. How many are glad for houses of worship? Huh? Amen. You've had them in your life. 
This church may not have been your first, you know what I mean? It may not be your last, but everybody needs to really be, you know, tapped into a house of worship. As a young man, as I was starting out in ministry, I was already pastoring here, and I was at a conference in Tennessee. Everyone knows uh, Richard and Teresa Hilton. In the beginning days of their, their church growth, and uh, in one of those services, a prophetic word came to me, said, God said, I would not do it through you if I would not do it for you. Isn't that nice? Whatever, whatever you put into it, you're going to get out of it. I think it seems like a, a something biblical anybody can grab a hold of. I don't think the promises of God are exclusive to, you know, pastors and evangelists and teachers and prophets. And oh, I think it's for everybody. Everybody. See, God's view of his own house according to scripture the church and I think within that church is is also the the local church I don't think it's exclusive to the local church I think this is a universal church as we all can't get in here but in Acts 20 and 28, it says that it's blood-bought. Imagine that it's of such value. It's been purchased. He talks to the elders in, in Ephesus. And he said, elders, I want you to make sure that you shepherd the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood that's a heavy responsibility isn't it Just as we as individuals are bought with the blood of Jesus, so the design of the church has been purchased by the blood of Jesus.
love. I like what he says in Psalms 2. He says, My heart longs, yes, even faints for the courts of God. So in other words, he can't get there. My heart and flesh cry out to the living God. And then he gets jealous. He's jealous of a sparrow. He's envious of the sparrow that, that gets to live in the house of God. A sparrow has found a home. A swallow, a nest for herself. That's a food for thought there. That I don't think he wants to be a sparrow. But just to live in the presence of the Lord. God dwells in the local assembly. It's not the only place he dwells, okay? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God loves to get together with people. Loves to get together with people. Jesus loved his father's house. So in John chapter 2, zeal for thine house has eaten me up. And he, would, he was jealous for the house of God. That what was right would be set right and what was wrong would be, you know, corrected. He wasn't doing it to so that it, so somehow it appeased him, but that it would, you know, please the Father. Yeah. The house of God. Heart for the house. It was Paul writing to Timothy that emphasized how important the house of God is in society. I wonder if the collapse of the moral conditions and the viewpoints of society are due or happened because we've lost the value of the house of God. Let me read it. He says, if I'm delayed, I want to write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Now, I don't think he's talking about, you know, what some years and years ago, you know what I mean? That what you could do and couldn't, you know, <laughs> couldn't do. 
said, because it's the pillar and the ground of truth. Mm. The house of God, which is the church of the living God. Said in the importance of the local church. It's the pillar and the ground of truth. I don't know. Is it possible that when America lost her moral compass, maybe started when she started to lose her love for the house of God? You can smile. God is just patterning everything. Just differences in size. I go back to that thing. The first word is just the heart. Just the heart. Let's talk about the power of togetherness. want to tie my hands, don't they? <laughs> According to Scripture, we start out our Christian life as me. But we are developed to the point where it is we and not me. We then are laborers together with God. Yes, salvation is personal. It's me. But worship and work needs to become we. I know a lot because I've seen a lot. Some insist on being center stage. 
They refuse to be doorkeepers. I love what the Bible says that the body is not one member, but it's many members. A good example of this togetherness is, is, is any sports team. And at a given moment, you know what I mean, uh, invariably you have star players, you know, that's the ultimate, that's the goal. The goal, of course, of the church is that Jesus is the star. We're here to enhance that aspect of him. The fact I want to convey to us, too, this morning is that we are a team. And this is God's team. It's God's team. And we are not going to be on the field to play. We are on the field to play. Amen. The game is going on. I don't know sign language, honey. <laughs> I understand. I think you can relate, you know what I mean? I felt the Lord say that to my heart. You know, tell the people, you know, you're on the field. You're on the field. And we got to understand that we're God's team. And one time, someone might carry the ball here. Next time, somebody else carries it. But none of them can really get very far without the surrounding team. I played football. Back then it was called halfbacks and tailbacks, and I happened to be a, a halfback. And if it wasn't for that line in front of me, I'm not going far. Is that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I, I'd rather be a, a doorkeeper on God's team. Last one is this is to come. The one thing I've always been blessed with here is that is the unity and the oneness, you know what I mean? And, that, that has went on and has been a, a major key. Was then and it is to our future. Power together.
joined and jointed. Ephesians 4 says the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Half, we just had a better pastor. No. If we just work together better together as a team. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder if we could follow what David said. Make a commitment in our hearts. He said, one thing I have desired of the Lord. One thing. Make a commitment in our hearts. Make a commitment to pursue. That will I seek after. Make a commitment to be placed and planted in the house of God. It says in Psalms 92, those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. I started out as a golfer. I had to go for this and go for that. down this this land <laughs> so many times following the orders of those that were over me you know? What's important and that is to behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in his temple. Let me close out with this, the story of the three little pigs. Remember the story of the three little pigs? The big bad wolf. In that story, of course, you know, the one little pig goes and says, you know, comes to the farmer, he said, you know, can I have some straw to build me a house? Gets the straw, builds the house, moves the sticks, the sticks, you know, and of course the bricks. And I'm, you know, I, I'm wondering if, when Paul wrote about that, that if somebody had told him the story of the three little pigs. Yeah. He said, you can build with gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, and stubble.
God loves it when we have a gold standard. He loves it when we have a gold standard. We know what happened to our economy when we went off the gold standard. You're careless, carefree. Stand with me. Thank you for not building with sticks and straws. Hallelujah. Just simply a heart for God's house. Amen. The world needs a standard. And it's not a Republican standard or a Democratic standard or an independent standard. It needs a Bible standard. And it's the church is the only one that have been placed there to hold up that standard. In our communities, the pillar in the ground of start out as me but we grow so that it's we I know a lot because I've seen a lot hope that didn't offend you but from a child I had a heart for God's house heart for God's house never anything and I know life is busy. Don't get me wrong. Hallelujah. And I'm getting old. <laughs> it's harder for me to get up. <laughs> you hear me, don't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. But you can still have comfort. Amen. That's the thing, church. You can still have a heart for it. Okay? I know I'm able to put as much into it as when you were younger. I got impressed. You got a heart. We put a lot into it. Laura, Jana, 